Well, I am just delighted to, to invite and welcome someone I'm getting to know better and better at Calvary Church. His name is Mark Scopp. And uh, Mark, welcome to our little podcast. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, super glad to be here today and uh, chat it up with you. Well, I appreciate that so much. Let me tell you a little about Mark. He now lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He's the minister for college and young adults at Calvary Church, where we attend. It's a great church here in, in West Michigan. He's married to his college sweetheart, Megan, and together they have four awesome, as he describes them, kids. Maybe we'll get to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, he graduated from the California Baptist University, that's in Riverside, California, with a major in theology, and then completed a master's at Bethel Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota. And besides all of his activities at church and home, he also enjoys playing basketball, golf, riding motorcycles. I trust you just do that one at a time, even though this thing says plural here. Hey, when he gets man. the when he gets the chance, uh, it is just one at a time, though, right? Is that right, Mark? You know, I mean, yeah. So I love dirt bikes. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, motorcycles. So I've, okay, I've done both, right. had both. You know, so. All right, so you are the Minister for College and Young Adults at Calvary Church. How long have you been doing that? Uh, yeah, so I've been at Calvary just over four years. So this past July was four years. And so, um, yeah, we moved uh, to Grand Rapids from Fort Myers, Florida area mm. uh, to take the role at Calvary uh, with College and Young Adults. And so, yeah, we've been here four years. Awesome. So you went to college in California, master's in Minnesota. Are you from California originally? Uh, so crazy enough, I'm from Michigan originally. Uh, oh. I was born up north in Gaylord, Michigan. Sure. Uh, and then when I was eight years old, moved to Northern California, uh, then to Iowa, then to Southern California, then to Minnesota, then to Florida, then to Michigan again. So now that that implies your dad maybe was in the military, but uh, uh, well, j next best thing. So he was a pastor. Uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> that, that's always the question I get: military or ministry? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That, that's I totally get it. So, are you one of a number of siblings? Are you the oldest? What were you fit? I'm in the, the youngest of four. Okay, uh, the youngest of four. I have uh, three older siblings, two sisters, and a brother. Um, and so actually two, three out of the four of us are in ministry full time. So, wow, that's a good sign for yeah. your family. Your parents must be doing something right. To yeah. So we didn't run away from it. We, we pressed into it, you know, so um, oh, that's awesome. That was, that was totally the Lord. Cause I don't think if you had asked me growing up, Hey, you want to be a pastor like your dad? I was like, no, I want to be a police officer, a firefighter. I don't know, like something, sure. fun, you know, um, but yeah, the Lord, Lord drew me in. So here we are today. Hmm. Well, that's awesome. Well, we'll need to talk about that calling in a bit. But uh, mm -hmm. so tell me a little bit about what you do at Calvary Church. What, what does it mean to be minister for college and young adults? How many kids are involved, basically? And, and what's your goal for them? What, what's what's your plan? Yeah. So uh, basically, our, our kind of our vision statement is we exist to help young adults know God and actively live out their faith where they live, work and play. Mm. Um, and so really the idea behind that is like where you live, it's if, whether it's your dorms, your apartment, your house, uh, who are your neighbors, right? How are you actively reaching the people around you? How are you actively doing what God has called you to do within the context that he's put you? Um, and then where you work. So 
I'm not at your job. I'm not at your school. Uh, I can't minister there, but you can, because that's where God has put you individually. Uh, and then where you play, right? So uh, for me, like I said, I play basketball, I love basketball. So it's how do I get to know the guys that I'm playing basketball with? Sure. Um, how do you get to know the the people that are at your gym, that are at your volleyball courts, that are, at, you know, wherever your hobbies are, things like that. So mm-hmm. um, really what we strive to do is help people just actively live out their faith wherever they live, work and play. Right. And so um, that's a big goal of what we have. We we have a group right now that consists of about um, I, I always say we average right around 75, 80 young adults uh, ages 18 to 30. Uh, college and career. So mm-hmm. whether you're wow. 19 and working your first job or whether you're 19 and in freshman, sophomore years of classes, um, you know, you're welcome to our ministry. And that's kind of who we're running after that. That's the kind of the target group. So. Well, that's a great vision statement. How do you pull it off? I mean, in our culture, as you well know, speaks so loudly to to our kids, you know, each of them carries the, you know, their, their cell phone with them, you know, and, and, uh, just the culture, just, you know, very much not supportive for the most part of, of the Bible and biblical truth. And so how do you, how do you do that? How do you pull it off? Yeah. I mean, honestly, one of the biggest ways that we've seen that this generation, what they're yearning for is community. Um, Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can't say how many people walk through our doors and it's, Hey, I just moved here. Don't know anybody. And so, just thought I'd get kind of plugged in, see who's around, you know? And so it's, it's this yearning for wanting to belong somewhere. Okay. Uh, wanting that community, that peace that comes around them. And I think it's out of that community that you say, well, Hey, this community, we serve together. Uh, this community, we, we grow to, like, so we have what we call our rhythms and that's basically how we try to play out that vision. Okay. And so our rhythms are growing community, serving and spreading. Okay. Uh, and so, through those things, we're saying, hey, we want to grow together. So we do that through worship and teaching and uh, doing Bible studies and things like that. Uh, but then we do community. So we're like, hey, we're going to hang out this weekend. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to go to this park and we're going to do a picnic and we'll play volleyball. Like, come hang out with us. Okay. Um, and then we're doing it through serving. So, hey, we've got this serving event across town. Come serve beside us. Right. So we're going to be doing this with this ministry just come get to know us and hang out with us and that, right? Mm-hmm. And then spreading, right? Like, uh, hey, we're going to be going downtown. We're going to be sharing the gospel. We're, we're going to go to the mall. We're going to be sharing the gospel. We're going to be going on campus and and telling people about Jesus and let's do that together. And so through each of those things, we're saying, basically, we're saying, let's do this in community. Because um, mm-hmm. I don't know anybody out there who's like, oh, man, I know I just like the Lone Ranger everything. And like, I mean, yeah, we... We've got our introverts, but even the introverts are like, I'd still like to do these things in community. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I think that there's a a heavy pull in this generation that says like, I don't want to just do it alone. Like I want to, I want to do it with people. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's that's a big way we, that we try to reach that's great. out. Well, you know, just just thinking out loud, you know, I can imagine people, you know, wanting to, you know, become involved in groups and having fun together, playing volleyball together, but the sharing part, do you really get kids to, to share their faith with others? Um, it's harder, uh, yeah. right? It doesn't have the same pull as, Hey, just come play volleyball. Yeah. Um, and so we've, we've also implemented specifically within our ministry. Like, so we've, we've tried to create um, a vision for a leadership track. Um, <laughs> and really what we mean by that is anybody who serves within our ministry, whether you're, 
setup or teardown or hospitality or worship team or prayer team, whatever you're doing to serve in this ministry, we're going to train you to share the gospel as well. Okay. Um, because yeah. my, my, my thing is I would hate for somebody to, as you're setting up chairs, somebody happens into the room and, and, and you, you're, they start into a conversation and you find out they don't know the gospel and you're just like, uh, let me grab a pastor. Right. Yeah. Well, no, like you should be equipped. Yes, absolutely. The gospel that is within you. Right. Yes. That's also a model we changed from, Hey, people are volunteers here to people are leaders here. Right. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. a leader says, I'm going to own this place. I'm going to, I'm going to take it upon myself to, to, it might be a, a bumbled version of the gospel, but I believe the Lord can use a bumbled version of the gospel. He can easier than he can use silence. And that, that's so, uh, so well done. You know, yeah. I, I think it's just this, how do we, uh, and, and like I said, it's harder than getting people to play volleyball. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's envisioning people for it. It's training. Yep. Them. It's, it's helping them uh, then give them opportunities to go do it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, I can remember a number of years ago when I was uh, in college, I was involved in Campus Crusade for Christ. And they yeah. would train us how to evangelize. And you know, the first time you're scared to death. Oh, yeah. You know, you go out there. But once you've done it once, and then somebody, despite how bumbling you are, again, we just have to be faithful. It's God that's got to draw them to himself, right? I mean, it's really God that converts people. But we just have to do our part. And when somebody, after you've bumbled and they pray to receive Christ with you, you think, whoa, that wasn't yeah. that hard. Yeah. And, you know, an easy on-road I've found, you know, like at a restaurant, whatever, waitress comes, hey, you know, we're going to be praying just in a minute from, from now. Anything we can pray for you? Yeah. I seldom get someone say, are you kidding me? They, they appreciate that. Yeah. And that can sometimes then lead to being able to share your faith with them. So way to go. That is so good. And, you know, we're here at Grand Rapids where we've been hearing about some of these, I call them kids, just relative age-wise. But the young people like you're dealing with, but the Met by Love group, the Every Heart Movement group, they just sent, you know, 70 kids across the country. Um, and they saw over 700 people come to faith in Christ and that's some amazing things. But these kids are on fire for the Lord. You're, you're familiar, probably some of them are part mm-hmm. of Calvary Church, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm totally familiar with the group. They actually are going to be meeting in our parking lot for their kickoff event uh, just in a few days here. Yeah, I think uh, the 29th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, uh, it's actually the 28th. Uh, 28th? But, uh, yeah, okay. so <laughs> um, yeah, that's all right. But like they start at 9 p.m., which is just <laughs> crazy for those of us that are a little few years older than they are. But yeah, that's when they, they start. Nine specifically to reach those kids who like the the last class at Cornerstone, uh, which is right across the street from us, at, gets out at nine. Oh, okay. So to make it available for those students to make it and say, hey, you don't have an excuse. Um, you got nothing else going on at nine o'clock at night, right? Like, <laughs> you're really, you're up to no good if you're out and about. So just hang out with us, worship God. Um, and so, yeah, it's been really cool to see uh, a lot of their leadership just kind of spark, uh, yeah, that fire within young people. Wow. Um, just seeing the worship that's coming from it and just seeing the the overall um, just attitude uh, that's come out of it of, man, we just want to, we want to worship the Lord. We want to run after it. So that yeah. is so <laughs> exciting. That's so encouraging. There's a number of us that have been praying for a revival for a number of years. Yeah. And when they come to us and they say, your prayers 
and the prayers of others have resulted in our just loving Jesus and wanting others to love him too. I'll tell you, I, I, that is, oh, you can't make Marcia and me, my wife and I, <laughs> yeah. happier, you know, than to hear those sorts of stories. That's so yeah. cool. And I'm so glad that you're there to encourage them uh, to continue to grow. And uh, that is, that's just really exciting. I'd, yeah. I'd love to know your faith story. Again, you're raised in, in mm -hmm. a pastor's home. You know, you've got other siblings going into ministry. You didn't think you were going to go that way initially. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what? how did you come to faith in Christ? What age approximately? How'd that happen? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up, uh, my dad is a, he's an evangelist at heart and he's a, uh, he's, he's a talker. And so, um, yeah, shepherd just, and, and ultimately uh, he was commissioned uh, in the CRC church as an evangelist. And okay. so his job and role was to go uh, to dying churches and to try to revitalize those churches. Okay. And once they were strong and healthy to move on to the next church. And so that's that why you moved around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. So he was never meant to really stay long-term. It was always like, Hey, we've, we've got this thing up and running. We, we're going good. Where's the next one. Right. And so uh, one of the transformational moves for me was to Northern California uh, middle of absolutely nowhere. When I say Northern California, I don't mean San Francisco. I mean like a half hour from the Oregon border, like okay. way, way up top, yep. um, middle of absolutely nowhere. Uh, cows outnumber people three to one in the County. Uh, so just really rural area. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember my dad making altar calls. Hey, if you want to accept Jesus, pray this prayer after me. And every week I'm like, uh, yeah, I've, I've sinned since last week. So me, I'll pray it again. Let's do it. You know. So that um, was you every week. How old? How old were you about at that time? Oh man, I was. I mean, so we were eight when I moved. Um, and I mean, I made that prayer time and time again. Um, and so I think the Lord was planting a seed in my heart, okay. and He was doing some cultivating at that time. Um, when I was in seventh grade, I went to a Christian camp in the mountains there, and I was going into camp thinking this is for my friend, right? He's the one who needs the gospel. He's the one who needs the truth. And I remember the, the Thursday night speaker uh, just called it out basically in my own heart and was like, Hey, you might think that somebody else around here needs the gospel, but like you need to hear the gospel. And I was kind of like, mm, hold on a second. Um, and he just talked about like what it was to like make this into a, a real commitment of faith, not just something that, you know, it's not just, quick pray a prayer like this is a i'm trusting the lord with my heart that's good I'm totally giving myself over to him and i i felt like in that moment like i was ready to just fully say yeah that that's me like uh -huh. i want to give myself over um and then he reminded us he's like if you prayed this prayer before like like you don't need to ever pray it again right like this is a moment where the lord has you that's and good. where he's got you and and you you will sin you'll make mistakes yep the Lord will forgive you when you ask for forgiveness and he wants to, he wants to hold on to you. And so it was in that moment that I was just kind of like, Oh, like, this is a, this is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, from seventh grade on uh, was just kind of a difference in my life. And at the end of my eighth grade year, I moved to Iowa. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking before going into my freshman year, brand new high school, nobody knows me. Um, I remember thinking like, I got to be anybody who I want to be like, if I want to be like the athlete, if I want to be the scholar, if I want to be like what, and I, I remember specifically like the Lord laid out on my heart, like, I want you to be a Christian. Um, and so it was just kind of in my mind of like, 
this is who I am. Like I represent Jesus. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't the moment I thought I was going into ministry by any means, but like, I just knew like, I got to start living out this faith that God has given me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, from there on out, I, I started leading Bible studies at my high school. I started leading worship in different youth groups and, um, different things like that. And then, yeah, one day somebody kind of asked me about like, Hey, have you ever thought about going into ministry? And I was like, Oh no, not really. And they're like, man, I think you should really pray about it. And yeah, the Lord just kind of put it, put it on my heart. Like, Oh, I think, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and so that was just where my calling into ministry came and, uh, ended up getting accepted to Cal Baptist and had a phenomenal group of professors and pastors there that poured into me. And, uh, yeah, kind of just saw the Lord kind of move in my heart. So it was, it was really good. So did you meet your sweetheart, Megan, there at California Baptist University? Yeah. So she's a native Californian. She okay. grew up in California and, uh, we actually met crazy enough. So we met, uh, at a summer camp, um, between my freshman and sophomore year, I was like, Hey, I'm going to be a camp counselor. I'm going to serve at this Christian camp. And she was at the camp as well as a counselor. And, uh, we didn't, we didn't really know each other from school. Um, but found out we went to the same school. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I always tell the story. So she was dating a guy that summer. Um, and all summer long, honestly, it was probably the best thing for us. We just became really good friends. Uh, we hung out with the other counselors. We kind of just hung out in groups. And I was like, man. Um, and then the Lord answered my prayer. So all summer long, I prayed that the Lord would give me somebody like Megan. Um, I saw her heart for ministry. I saw her heart for the Lord. And uh, yeah, at the end of summer, um, our first month back into school, she ended up breaking up with her boyfriend. And uh, yeah, so I, I jumped on that opportunity. <laughs> um, and we've been, uh, we just celebrated 16 years of marriage uh, the other day. So well, congratulations. Yeah. Well, you know, California is a good place to meet your wife, by the way. Oh, hey. That's where I met Marsha. There you go. All right. Again, I was going to school in Boston. She was going to Northern Illinois University, but we were both involved in Campus Crusade for Christ, now known as Crew. And so we were out there at Arrowhead Springs, where Campus Crusade had its headquarters in those days. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I just broken, actually, a, a gal had just broken up with me. Um, and it, it hurt, but I knew it was, it was probably the best thing because she wasn't a Christian. She wouldn't listen to my evangelistic uh, tendencies toward her. So uh, for the first time in my life, I was without a girlfriend. Yeah. So there I am at, at, at crew headquarters, and I'm, there's all these Christian co-eds everywhere. And I thought, wow. <laughs> and then it's kind of like I said, you know what? But wait a minute. I didn't come here to get a wife. Lord, I came to get to know you better. So I don't care if I never get married. I want to get to know you better. And I, I meant it best I could. Mm. And uh, that afternoon in the bookstore there at crew headquarters is where I met Marcia. <laughs> and the rest mm. is history. Uh, so amazing. You waited a whole afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> so, uh, so now you're married, been married for, you said, 16 years? Yeah, 16 years. We we're going. We just passed. Uh, what was that number? Fifty four. Believe it or oh, not. Oh man! But it, I have a good authority. The first fifty four are the hardest, and then it just gets real easy. That's what people tell me. <laughs> yeah, right. We work at we, we work at our marriage every day, and it's worth it. But we are best of friends by the grace awesome. of God. Has been so gracious to us. So anyhow, you got four kids. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the oldest is how old? Uh, so our oldest is 12. Uh, the youngest is two and a half. Yeah. And then the youngest is two and a half. So we got 12, 10, eight, and two and a half. Oh, yeah. okay. So being a pastor, raising kids, again, your dad did it, and apparently your parents did a great job of it, but it's not easy. You know, the enemy loves uh, loves to attack uh, pastors, you know, spiritual leaders, ministry leaders, and their families. So how is it raising kids to, to have them follow Jesus wholeheartedly? How are you, how are you finding that work? Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's 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 only by the Lord's grace uh, that we're able to to do it. And and uh, at this point, our oldest three oldest kids have accepted Jesus into their hearts. Praise um, God. Uh, our two girls uh, who are eight and ten have been baptized, <clears throat> and our son came to us the other day and said he wanted to be baptized uh, as well. And so we're we're rejoicing over that. Um, Amen. I think. <laughs> All of our all of our kids have, have always been in public school. Uh, they're in the public school system, and I think we wrestle every year with it. Uh, of like the more issues and uh, struggles come up within the schools, the more I'm reminded that like this has to be the Lord's work. Yeah, uh, and that I, I I've got to hold my kids open handedly before the Lord um, because I can't control the school systems and. Um, I can't control the things of this world. Uh, but I also have to I have to remind myself like, man, I serve a, a a very big God. And um he gets to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants to, however yep. he sees fit. And yep. if I'm gonna really put my kids into his hands, I can't do it half-heartedly. Uh I can't do it while also thinking that I'm a better protector. Uh, I can't do it while thinking that I can teach them better than he can. Um, I want to be wise with it. Like, I don't want to just kind of throw them uh, mm-hmm. overboard, but I, I also want to kind of be um, a Hannah who says, Lord, like, I'm going to give my children to you. Like, yeah. I want them to, like, I know what ministry is like. I grew up in it. I'm in it now. And I, mm-hmm. I know it's not a lucrative life. I know it's not an easy life, um, yeah. but it's the life I pray for my children. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. I know that <laughs> oftentimes the lucrative life and the, the easy life are uh, what ruin people, um, not what set them on, on a course towards obeying Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I, I pray that my children will obey him, whether that's uh, serving in a underground church in China mm-hmm. or whether that is mm-hmm. serving in a, a ministry, doing a job full time <laughs> uh, just as a volunteer giving their lives over to the Lord. And so I, part of what we we really seek to do with our children is um, as the conversations come up, all right, let's talk about it. Let's Mm -hmm. have that conversation off limits with our kids. Um, We we've tried to have conversations. uh, I mean, we've, we've already intentionally had conversations Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) about sex and about Mm -hmm. uh, things that are happening in this world around our kids. We're like, I would rather introduce it than have the internet introduce it or have a friend introduce it. Or I want to, I want to control that narrative at least. Um, And then I want to make it okay for them to bring anything and everything to me. Um, That's excellent. I listened to a YouTuber one time who was, uh, you know, he was talking about guns and he was a big gun guy. And, and he said, you know, anytime my child ever asked to see a gun, I would stop what I was doing. I would open up the safe 
-hmm. make sure it's clean and safe and everything. And I would hand the gun over. Sure. What it did was it stopped all curiosity. Yeah. And ultimately what it did is it, it, it made them think if I want to see this thing, or if I want to understand this thing, I have to just come to dad and, and he'll, he'll help me. I don't have to go discover it on my own. I don't have to sneak around and try to, you know, get it out of my, like, I know that if I ask dad, he's going to come with the answer. Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of almost lived in that tension of like, I want my children to come to me. Yeah. And so whenever they ask me a question, that's, that's tough or difficult. instead of being like, uh, you're not ready for that yet. I, I don't, I, I don't want to talk about that. It's a, all right. Yeah. Let's stop. Let's talk about this. I want to answer your questions. Yeah. I want to make this normal talk so that you know where I'm going to always give you the best I can. And I'm going to lead you to the, to God's word, which is truth. Mm-hmm. And if you're ever looking for truth, this is where to find it. And yeah. so I want to press into that. Well, let me just throw one other suggestion. That's all you say is, is ex- excellent. You know, I love it. Just one other thing. There's this scripture that says that he who walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will suffer for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was a juvenile court judge for a number of years. And yeah. that's one thing I'd say to these kids, because often I'd have these kids in front of me pleading guilty in tears with their parents in the courtroom. And often what was happening, they were the lookout. They were, they just went along with these other kids. But, but uh, the, the, the friends that our kids have are extremely important. And if you can, whether it's at church or somewhere, but help them get friends that likewise want to go God's way, that is huge. I mean, I went to junior high here in Grand Rapids. It was a Christian school, but all the the leading guys in my class were the ones that could tell the worst jokes, to be very blunt with you. And, uh, And then my dad's job moved us to the Chicago area, and I ended up going to school at Wheaton Academy, which is a Christian school. But then the leading guys there, my friends, really were trying to be more like Christ Mm. and had a profound influence on me. So that would be one thing I'd, I'd encourage you is to help your kids pick friends that are going God's way. And uh, if you can't get them at the public school, um, you might have to do something else is, is about all I can say is that's, that's extremely important for all of us. For sure. That's why, you know, with the, the young people you're working with at church, getting them together, that's such incredible. And we, we, as men need fellowship. I yeah. need life on life fellowship with other guys, my age, so I can be real and say, you know, I'm struggling with this thing. Would you pray for me? Yeah. If I don't have that, there's trouble. You agree? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I and I think that's a like you said that's a big reason why we stress community. Yeah, um, because loneliness is is definitely a factor amongst young adults. Uh, I think there's this this odd like life slap that hits you uh, when you when you graduate college. Yeah, and you start a job, and you realize, oh, not all my coworkers are my age anymore. And I don't really get along with them that well. And um, well, I actually live it alone now too. And where where am I finding community? Like where am I? Where yeah. Am I like, yeah. A lot of them left for college or this or that. Um, and so it comes down to like, well, yeah, find your community in the church. Yes, right? that yes. should be the community. This is the this is the community that God has called us to to love and to serve, mm. um, but also just to just to give us that refresher week in and week out of like, yes. okay, there are other people running after the same thing I am. Like, 
we want to do this together. We want to see we need each other and we yep. need that, that spurring on, you know. Yes, we need each other. We can't yeah. do can't live the Christian life alone. We really okay. need fellowship. That's really good. Well, Mark, this has been fun. Anything you want to add before we close? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, one uh resource that I would encourage anybody out there, it's a book uh that I, I've read through a couple of times. Um, and it's just about uh, it's called it's called Welcoming the Future Church uh, by Jonathan Pakluda. Um, okay. And ultimately, it's it's talking about how to reach, teach and engage young adults. Um, mm. And really, I, I mean, if anybody's out there kind of looking, how do we how do we reach this generation? What do we do? What does it look like? It gives some just super practical pieces of what this generation is yearning for. Right. What they're wanting, what they're what they're wanting uh, in their church families and in the, the people that pour into them. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think just as a resource, it's a great, great read, easy read. Um, so welcoming the future church by Jonathan Pakuda. That's great. Great. Well, you know, things are bleak. Things are dark. Do you have hope for the future or not so much? Oh, I mean, I always have hope for the future. I think <laughs> uh I mean, I, I look at the world uh, around us and I'm, I'm, I could say the funny thing is I'm typically a pessimist uh, a little bit, you know, um, but when it comes to this, I'm, I'm an optimist because I'm like, we serve the Lord uh, and the Lord gets to do whatever he wants when he wants. Uh, he's sovereign. He's God. I'm not. Yep. Um, and I, I look at history. I'm also a history buff. And yeah. I think, man, if history tells us anything, it's, it's been much worse yeah. Uh, just, we get a little recency bias. Uh, and so we think, man, the, it's burning around us sometimes. And I'm like, man, I can also go to my fridge and grab cold water. So, uh, you know, I got to remember the blessings of, of where we are. Uh, and then I got to remember what my calling is in the midst of this world. Right. That's uh, right. I, my, my, my calling is to make disciples uh, that represent the, the, the truth of the gospel to those around them. And so, um, yeah, we want to just be a light in, in a community that is dark, uh, because I think when light shines, uh, bright, uh, that's when the, that's when the flies can be drawn in. Uh, right. and so we want to draw those people in so that, uh, they can hear the good news of Jesus. That's so good. Well, I was so thankful for your ministry, for your heart, for your work. So how about closing us in prayer? Would you? Yeah, I'd love to. Father, we, uh, we thank you. Uh, we thank you that you are in charge and we are not. Uh, and we thank you for setting your ministry plan in front of us uh, so that we don't have to make it up ourselves. We just get to follow you. Uh, and so, Lord, I ask that we would follow you with all of our hearts, uh, that we would just rely on you. We would trust you as we look at this next generation, Lord. Uh, and I pray that you would set ablaze uh, this next generation, that they would run hard after you. Yes. Uh, but God, I also ask for the generations that are, are before them, uh, Lord, that we would not look look down with disdain, uh, but that we would look down and say, how can we pull you along? How can we help you? Uh, not how can we judge you, but how can we love you so well uh, that you see the light of Christ in us as well? And yes. so, Father, I pray that you would just make us a light uh, that, that the world is drawn to, Lord. I pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Mark, so much. God richly yeah. bless you, brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.